had my bird out. So I was like, we had not taken a squirrel yet with this bird. Um, I was hunting alone. And, uh, and this one I know a lot of my buddies know about. But uh, we were chasing a squirrel, and the bird's, you know, really engaged in the hunt. And I'm psyched up. And I just know he's going to catch this squirrel. And the squirrel runs over and jumps into a cedar tree. And so I'm over there, and I run around, I grab the cedar tree. And I'm shaking and screaming, game calling, and, you know, waiting on the bird to come in. It's just like a perfect setup. And this little shard of the, like, cedar tree fell and went right down my throat. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Falconry Toll podcast at falconrytoll.com. We want to thank the Falconry Fund for the previous couple months of collaboration. And if you want to keep up with the happenings at the Falconry Fund, please feel free to continue to visit them at www.falconryfund.org. But for the foreseeable future, the Falconry Toll podcast will be back at falconrytoll.com. And this week's episode brought me down to Waverly, Tennessee to hang out with Jeff Fincher and talk about some of his different stories in abatement and red tail hawking, including the one that you just heard a little sample of at the beginning. So this episode was really cool, really enjoyed talking to Jeff about some of his uh, different experiences. So let's just jump right in this week with Jeff Fincher. Here we go. Three, two, one. Hey everybody, I am here this week with Mr. Jeff Fincher, and uh, first of all, Jeff, I have to ask, is it a, um, is it like a, a state or a county law that everyone has to drive about 10 miles per hour under the speed limit here locally? Because I was in a 55 coming down here, and everyone was going 45 to 50, and I was white-knuckling it the whole way. So I'm just curious about that. Like, is, is that is that a local thing or is that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty normal. I think you uh, I think you ran into the to the uh, the people who were just trying not to get to work. So <laughs> they're taking their time, man. Everybody, no one's in a hurry around here. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> so this is more of like the um, like the south um, and the eastern coast kind of vibe where everybody is more chill and laid back and everybody in the north is always in a hurry kind of thing so yeah. it's the opposite of that yeah definitely most people around here are retired actually so oh, well yeah. that makes sense yeah. that <laughs> makes sense then yeah i'm not gonna lie i was saying some naughty words and stuff on the way down here and everything but uh but man this is a cool place so so for everyone listening we're actually sitting in an airport hangar right now and um we're uh we're doing this podcast and it's a pretty cool uh it's a pretty cool vibe actually they do a lot of um a lot of uh skydiving and stuff out of this airport correct that's right yeah yeah that's the number one thing we do here so nice nice so and you have um and, and you do abatement and everything and and you're um are all your birds and equipment and stuff located here or no this is kind of like uh my second life oh, okay yeah so all my birds are, are at the house okay but uh, I spend a lot of time out here. So skydiving is kind of like my my life away from falconry. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, we were kind of talking before um, before we we officially started rolling here about that, and and um, you know we were kind of talking about the whole heights thing and everything. And, and skydiving is is definitely something that uh, that I wouldn't mind doing at some point. But I still have to work up the uh, the fortitude, I think, to to do that because you know, I was explaining to you that I was in a, an accident when I was a kid and heights just haven't really totally, you know, totally m- meshed with me since then. But I, I, I can, I can deal with them some, you know, I can fly no problem and everything like that or whatever. But, but the whole concept of, you know, the, um, 
you know, the classic, you know, jumping out of a perfectly good airplane thing. I'm, I'm still not sure I'm quite there yet. Oh, but, yeah, man. You know. I mean, I hear that every day. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Everybody comes out here to get over their fear of heights, you know. Oh, I'm, but, uh, but I think it's something everybody should do once, at least, you know. You think? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's worth giving it a shot, man. Well, you know, I mean, I, I'm still here. So, yeah. I mean, you know, you can go with me. And, what can go wrong? Yeah, right? exactly, man. Yeah. yeah, I'm yeah. Invincible, man. You're good. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So, so what are your, um, what's your main clientele as far as uh, Bateman around here? And how did you get into it? Oh, man. So, there was, uh, so I had some buddies when I first moved here, um, and they had got, they had gotten a job with the city of Nashville. So uh, they asked me f- to help them out. Um, that just turned into us starting a legitimate business. Um, and really, it was all started off of, you know, people coming to us looking for solutions for their bird problems. Um, what happens is they go, they call the, the state wildlife people or mm-hmm. whatever, and the wildlife people kind of try to point them toward a falconer or something. That's kind of how it got started. Um, so yeah, it was city of Nashville and it's starling roost. Oh, okay. Stuff is what we started with. Yeah, so we, mainly starlings and kind of graduating into other birds like pigeons and exactly, stuff like that. Exactly. So word of mouth, really. Um, we did the starling job. We're still doing the starling job. That's like going on like six, seven years now. Huh. Um, okay. and then the Nashville airport found out that we were working with the city on that. And so they contacted us and yeah, it's just kind of grown from there. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I mean, I've, I've got other friends that do abatement stuff, but I never really talked to them just too much in depth about, you know, what it takes to even get started on that and everything. I, I've always kind of found that interesting. And, and I've also, you know, all the, all the friends that, uh, that I have that uh, do that sort of line of work and everything are also the ones that I know for a fact would absolutely be completely and totally miserable just doing a normal nine to five and everything. So yeah, exactly. I, I'm sure you're probably fit into that category also, right? Absolutely, like just, man. I mean, I, I grew up doing farm work and I just worked on the farm and, and I started skydiving and doing skydiving instruction. And, you know, I got a degree in environmental science and I tried to work in that environment for it's about three months. Mm-hmm. And I was just miserable, man. I, I can't do a, a nine to five job. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just went back to the farm. And really? then, and then, you know, and I was doing falconry. I started falconry in 99. Um, and then when I moved to Tennessee in 2010, uh, shortly after that's when I started doing abatement and I just kind of fell into that, you know, sure. Some buddies that were already doing it, the jobs just kind of fell in our laps. I'm, I'm not a businessman by any means, <laughs> man. You know, I'm, my, I have a really good business partner. He's good at that part and I'm good at getting the work done. I've, uh, you know, I, there's there's something that I've discovered over the years also and and so like you know as as you know we were talking about earlier I'm I'm into music a lot and everything too and, and like every band has to be has to have at least one guy in the band that kind of is that that business guy right because inevitably out of the other three or four members of each band any one of them at any given time could completely screw up anything as far as <laughs> yeah yeah you know yeah, yeah let's 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 you know we'll we'll play like these ten gigs in a row for free oh by the way. Um, in between each one is like a seven hour drive, but you know, we're just, I, I agreed to do it for us because you know, we're, <laughs> you know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. so, I mean, it's cool that, that you have a, another, another dude or, or two, um, in your, in your scope, you know, that, that, that can kind of, um, mitigate that for you. Because yeah, ab- absolutely, man. We, but our, you know, our weaknesses and strengths kind of, you know, they kind of counteract each other, you know, so it, it's, it's good. Where, he, where he's where he's strong, you know, I'm not, and 
vice yeah. versa. Well, so. it's good that you guys identified that at least semi-early. Right. Because if not, you know, and <laughs> what's right. worse are the guys that uh, are the guys that, that think they're business minded and really want to have that, you know, mm-hmm. input and say and everything. But then you know, you look at their checkbook and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I know my, I know my place in this business arrangement yeah. for sure, man. And if you've seen my office over there, which you haven't, mm-hmm. you would, you would understand why I'm bad at paperwork and, and business. So <laughs> it, it, it takes people of all kinds for sure. So, you know, it, it, what, it, what exactly does that entail working out with the, um, like say the, the first Starling gig that you got, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, do you, uh, how, how do you, how do you go about like pricing those jobs and everything? Like, and, and um, I mean, really, man, I mean, we talked to a lot of other people in the abatement business, okay. you know, and kind of followed their, their pricing structure. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, there's been a ton to figure out. I mean, and every job's different, you know, and we've taken jobs, man. It's like the airport job. We, it, that was a unique job. There's sparrows inside the airport. So it's not really an abatement job as much as it is like in elimination you know like right getting rid of the trapping and, yes, yeah, and exactly yeah. and they tried everything you no know, they tried traps and and everything and i kind of thought well they're just bad at it <laughs> so i go in i put sparrow traps and stuff and man those birds would not go in those traps and huh uh really it just came down to using a flying a falcon inside the terminal of the airport mm-hmm. and <laughs> so whenever you first uh you know told them obviously they had to have at least some degree of an idea of of the fact that you might be bringing a bird in because of what you you do right oh, the yeah ones absolutely that approached, they expected it. right yeah, yeah. the ones that approached yeah. you so so yeah. there wasn't anybody that 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 kind of came in and was was freaking out that that you uh that you you know brought what what kind of falcon were you were you using for that? Uh, well, at the time we didn't have one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that that was the thing. You know, they came to us and we'd just been doing starling roost work, and that was really the only job we had. And uh, so we had Harris hawks. You know, mm-hmm. that's what we're using down there. And we go in, we look at their job. We're like, yeah, we can do it. Yeah. You know, well, and, you get a little Tearsel Harris in there. I well, mean, heck, you know. Well, we just. Went back out to the trucks after the meeting with them. We were like, we got to buy Falcons yeah, and get them trained. Like, we got to get it done, you know? So that's what we did, you know? We bought a, we used Oplomatos. Okay. Yep. And uh, so we got a couple of Oplomatos and got them trained real quick and went to work in there. And it was, it was tricky, man, because those sparrows in these buildings, I mean, it's an airport terminal and, and those sparrows were you know, the generations that were born in the airport. Right. They weren't just getting in. Right. Yeah. They, they like, were, they, they, yeah. I mean, that was they, like very natural they were, habitat. You're man. right. They, they were colonies that were there and established for, for several years, I'm sure. Exactly. Jeez. Exactly. So, I mean, these sparrows, I mean, they did not fly in the windows. You know, they didn't make mistakes. They, mm. they knew where everything was. They were set in their feeding patterns and all that. You just couldn't change it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure but, there are plenty of, of cavities and stuff for them to get back into. Oh, it's insane, else is, man. Yeah. Geez. It's just, you know, so this turns into a rat hunt, you know. Oh, I'm sure. So but, uh, so you get that gig and you get these Oplomatos. How different is the is is the, the, the mindset for the training for that in traditional falconry versus abatement? Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, everything we did was with these birds revolved around the airport. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, most of our training took place in the airport. Yeah. We would go in there, you know, when it was not busy or late at night uh, or find an empty gate somewhere. And, mm-hmm. you know, you do your creance flights and stuff in the airport. I did baggies in the airport, man, you know, mm-hmm. like just whatever I needed to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and I'm, I'm sure there was, I mean, being that there was all those 
um, all that natural quarry that was already in there in the first place, it would have been a, a great place to enter a, a bird on, on, on those type of birds and stuff too. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, and you show them what you want them to do right from the get go. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot like falconry, you know, yeah. I mean, you know, train them for what you want to hunt. Yeah. But, um, but it was, uh. It was a challenge with dealing with the people in the airport. Well, I'm sure. Because when we first started, the idea was they wanted us to come <laughs> in at like, you know, like midnight uh, after like all the flights had stopped and, you know, uh, do it in the middle of the night. But but the sparrows aren't moving. Right. You know, they're all tucked in somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so we ended up having to do it during the day and dealing with the travelers and all that, you know, traffic. So. Right. We, we had some interesting run-ins. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. You know, you've got all those people just kind of the passerby's walking from from flight to flight, and it's just like, what are they doing to those those sparrows? You know, what are they doing with those sparrows? And I'm, I'm yeah. sure it is. Uh, yeah, what what was your response to that? Just, just. Oh man, uh, well, what's interesting too is like, I mean, lots of times there's like, you know, there's a falcon flying right over these people's heads, and they're looking at their phone, and they don't even <laughs> they know, even you know, they don't even know what's happening, you know. So sometimes it's kind of funny like that, but. uh you know, lots of times we turn one loose after a sparrow, and of course they take off down the concourse, man. And all you're seeing is there goes your falcon down the concourse of the airport somewhere. <laughs> and it rounds the corner and it's gone, and you know, and you're like, oh god. So like, we found out the best tracking system was just watching the people. Oh yeah, just so the like, reactions. Yeah. So like, as I like run down the concourse, I'm looking where everybody's looking. Yeah, I can kind of track my falcon that way, but uh, so it's kind of like the uh, the equivalent of um, you know, say if you're not using uh, GPS or any any form of telemetry on your bird, and you're just looking around waiting for all the robins and all the other birds to get mad and, and you know start squawking <laughs> yeah. at something. You're like, oh, my bird must be over there somewhere. Exactly you know, that kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. You caught a sparrow up in the security checkpoint one time, and we got called on the on the intercom. In the airport, you know, the bird, <laughs> the bird guys come get their bird out of security. <laughs> the bird oh, guys. I even had a, a lady pick up my bird one time. Um, I rounded the corner and went around to the gate. I saw everybody kind of gathered around, and lady was holding it on her fist, and her That's husband funny. was a falconer. Huh? Yeah, it was just random. Wow. She's like, yeah, she recognized it as a falconry bird. Saw the jesses and stuff on oh, it. Oh, that's so funny. He just picked it up and had it on her fist. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. So aside from the airport job, then what, what other kind of jobs do you work regularly? Um, we do a lot of uh, industrial stuff. I mean, I've done, uh, you know, a lot of uh, like Nissan Motors, um, power plants, mm-hmm. stuff like that, um, big box stores. You know, we've moved a lot into like uh, air rifle work also. Oh, okay. So mm-hmm. we, do, we do a lot of that as well, which uh, I actually prefer. You know, well, you don't have to feed an air rifle. Oh, right. It's yeah. pretty, like, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's pretty cut and dry, man. Well, you, and you don't have to worry about the wrong person coming up and trying to pick your bird up. Too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, like, your bird flying into something weird. You right. Know? I mean, well, we've, worked, we've worked in places where, you know, these big overhead cranes and it's you know, all this electrical and, you know, you right. know or hot molten steel being poured you know well and for that matter you know like the airport gig you know having those big open windows that you know little birds like sharp shins and stuff just love to love Mm -hmm. to fly into and (laughs) yeah i mean when we were doing that job you had to be very you know you had to be very picky about where you turned your bird loose so you know we would kind of like stalk through the airport you had to kind of pick your slips just to try to mitigate window Mm -hmm. you know strikes and whatnot and you know we had a couple of glancing blows we haven't you know, we, we've done really well. We haven't lost a bird to anything like that. But, gotcha. you know, there's been some, you know, there's been some times where it scares you a little bit. 
But the the sparrows in there, they actually, you know, they got to where they would recognize us. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, starlings do that too. Yeah. yeah. So you know, they look like they're going to be easy because they're just like walking around on the floor, all around mm. people's feet. You're like, uh oh. But yeah. as soon as they see you from all the way down the concourse, they're yeah. gone. So we actually got to where it was like, yeah, we'd keep it in the giant hood, and then like I'd see the birds, and I'd I'd kind of like I'd have to get down on the floor. And like crawl behind some garbage cans, and everybody in the airport's looking at you like you're crazy, you know. And I'm like hiding behind the garbage cans, and I pull the falcon out of the box, you know, and kind of pop up over the garbage cans and yeah, watch them at them, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I don't know. There's probably some crazy YouTube videos of me out there somewhere. That's so funny, man. Oh. Well, that's cool. Well, I mean, so you you've done you've done the Aplomados for. Uh, abatement and stuff and a buddy of mine was telling me that um you've also here lately been uh been flying the uh, like a euro kestrel and stuff too right? yeah yeah i got the euro kest uh with the idea of doing the same thing you know, like sparrows inside um and just haven't really haven't really used it for that i was trying to get it going and just been uh kind of flying it just like i did my american kestrels just on starlings mm-hmm and uh, man, it's just like a slow developing bird, man. He's been, <laughs> I was just been banging my head against the wall on that one. But uh, it's coming around, man. He gets it. He's starting to get it. So, well, so I'm, I'm assuming you, you, I mean, you obviously, you just said you just, you've done kestrels, right? Yes. And everything. Yeah, so, yeah. so, I mean, the, the, the primary, I mean, aside from the, the size difference, obviously, mm-hmm. with the Euro kestrels being so much bigger. Um, I mean, and I'm assuming that you 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 bought one and trained it up as a as an imprint, correct? An IS or um, was it chamber oh, raised? No, chamber raised. Cha- chamber yeah, raised. Euro chamber raised. Okay, cool. Kest- yeah, my American kestrels were all, were all imprints. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. So so you know, captive bred uh, Euro kestrel and training and stuff. You know, I mean, like so so when you say that it's it's been slow going and you want to just you know kind of beat your head against the wall or or whatever with all that. What do you mean by like what, what? What's the di- been the difference? I mean that that you've noticed just too much I mean, just, gamey, just gaminess, man. Yeah, just yeah. just not as just not as much to like turn. Just not as quick to turn on. Yeah, like, towards yeah, in in a, in a lot more like um kind of just day to day. Like I mean, some days it seems like he's you know he's gamey, and then the next day you know the same weight and same conditions. It just you know doesn't just seem doesn't interesting. Care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. So I'd say it's just less consistent than American casserole so far um but yeah i mean and the birds too and i mean the first year i, I couldn't get it to do anything you know hmm. i couldn't get it to show any interest and, and finally now it's two years old and it's taking some wild game now gotcha so. that's that's weird man like um you know i mean and it's and you know you're not the actual you're not actually the first person that i've that i've heard that from because like there's <laughs> Um, there's been a couple guys that, that, uh, you know, have, have mentioned that also that, that those along with certain other types of, um, um, species and even some of the hybrids and stuff, it can, it can take sometimes up to a season or two for them to really, I mean, it's like a, it's like a, a waiting game, you know, like right. a, just a test and patience, you know, trying to get these birds to, to care about, you know, taking and, and pursuing game and everything. So, right. um, but yeah, so so you mainly bought it with with abatement in mind and everything. I did, um, yeah. So I mean, but to to get it kind of more entered on on different types of uh, you know like game and everything. I mean, I'm assuming that you you were flying it and 
you know, outside of abatement and stuff. Yes, too, right? yeah, I haven't used a bird in in abatement at all. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm, 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 I'm I guess, yeah. well, obviously, I guess you can't because it's not wanting to go after stuff. <laughs> right, right. It wouldn't be very effective, you know. Right. Yeah, I mean, you can walk around and be like, yeah, yeah, you know, here's a falcon, but it's not right. going to do anything. Yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like, well, you know, my, my alpha mottos, they've done their job today. I guess I can do some PR and pull out this, this Euro Kestrel. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, yeah. it's funny. The, uh, yeah, the Eurocast, he's just kind of, this was kind of like his year. Like I was, you know, I was determined. It's like, if it's not going to happen this year, he's going to, to the Ren Fair with somebody or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> go, go do what all the rest of them do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, he's coming around. I think he's going to be all right. That's good. So I mean, is it is it the same kind of um, same kind of flight style though? Is is or what, what's what's the difference in a, like the difference in, in hunting or flight style compared to to an American kestrel? Yeah, well, I noticed uh, my, my American kestrels like pretty much went to the ground immediately. Like you know, flew right above the ground. He knew how to like they come out and go right along mm-hmm. the ground and, and ambush those starlings. And this bird wanted to go up. Okay, it wanted to go up and wing over down on them. Huh. Okay. And it, it wasn't working. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like as soon as he'd yeah. fly up, and the, the starlings would see him, and then they'd take off. You know. Right. And uh, and I mean, I mean he had a couple of, you know, kind of close shots in the air, but uh, but and then he's starting to he's starting to figure it out. He's staying low. He still not as still doesn't get down on the ground like an American kestrel does. But gotcha. he'll do kind of more like a direct in like direct flight. Right. You know. But yeah, that's, I guess that's the only real difference I've seen in in the flight style interesting yeah well i mean i i've i've not ever gotten to see one yet you know and and um you know that you, you see some of these um it's funny because you, you see some of these these hybrids and some of these other um non-native species and everything and you think to yourself man that looks like a bird that'd be cool to have you know and then all of a sudden you you, you talk to a few people and they're like don't even go near it <laughs> right. just don't even think about it just just stay away just 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 go ahead and just stick with the american version you know, right and, or the you know whatever and and you're just like oh okay i guess i i, I guess i'll listen to you you know since you've done it and i haven't and whatever but or you yeah. know there's plenty of those guys out there that are like well that's cool I'm gonna go buy one anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and, yeah. All, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're they're voicing the the same uh, the same. You know, I don't. I guess some guys might call it regret, or you know, or if nothing else, just the same complaints. You yeah. Know, but, uh, yeah. I mean, there, there's you know, I don't know. There, there's a reason that you know certain birds are popular and others aren't. You know, right, right, and, and that's it. You know, but you know, you have to be careful listening. To, to people too man it's like with the internet you just never know who you're talking to uh, yeah. you get such a wide range of i'm just you know yeah boy yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no it's uh it's it's definitely um boy yeah that can turn into a dumpster fire pretty quick yeah. for sure but yeah. well, i mean it's the same thing with i mean you've got these in the end you know you you like to think that a lot of that discussion in the end becomes you know kind of a fun good spirited just you know ribbing between friends or whatever like me and my local guys you know like i'm around a bunch of hardcore exhibitor you know especially goss hot guys and everything and and i flew harris's for a couple seasons and and uh you know had pretty good success with and everything but the constant just the constant ragging you know and everything but then (laughs) but but then you know your your bird you know you know catches jacks and catches this and catches that or whatever same stuff or whatever and and you can be like hmm, well 
you know, um, oh, by the way, my bird comes back without <laughs> just, just this huge <laughs> amount of fuss and hassle and everything. Right. And, oh, yeah, I can recall mine to the, the glove and you got to do, you know, sit under a tree for an hour trying to get yours back down because yeah. it's crazy and whatever and just Man, not in the right mood that day. That's and, <laughs> been like one of the biggest things that's turned me off of goshawks. It's like every time I go with somebody, it's like, they can't get their bird back. It doesn't recall. <laughs> I'm like, oh man. Well, I've, I, it's in, in a way, I've kind of been somewhat. I don't. Know, I guess I've been kind of somewhat spoiled, and in, in that, um, the 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 first birds that I really saw were were goshawks. Obviously, it's like the guys that that I when I first started getting into this and um, observing with local guys, a lot of them flew goshawks, and they're they're pretty good. They're they were pretty good ostringers in that regard. They didn't really have too much of an issue or whatever. But every so often, you get that occasional day. Where you know their their bird might have just been off just a little bit in weight, you know, because everybody everybody that gets into the sport, as you know, you know, you get out in the field and oh, by the way, guys, just uh, just throwing this out there, um, bird might be a little fat today. <laughs> right. So you know, whenever in, in other words, it's like when my bird is terrible and you have to sit there and deal with watching me deal with that this so you know it's just throwing those disclaimers out there everybody does it, everybody you know? does it man yeah yeah you got to. but you know it, it, it's always funny too because <laughs> there's been so many days where you know i um th- there'll be other local guys too occasionally that that will um seek advice from from the more experienced goshawk guys locally and everything and and it's always funny, like, uh, they'll be going and trying to get their bird back and everything. And, you know, said experienced guy will just look at me and just smile. And I'm just like shaking my head. And he's just like, yeah, you know, you really want one though. And I'm like, no, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks again so much for joining us back at falconretold.com for another week's episode. And we just want to thank you all again so much for all the continued positive feedback and support that you've been giving us, especially the past few months here. Our analytics and statistics just keep growing and our listener base just keeps growing. And we are so very thankful for the continued spreading of the word about the program and and we've really been enjoying producing all this content for you all and thank you again even even though you guys probably just get tired of hearing it we don't get tired of thanking you for it so thanks again so much and if you want to continue showing your love in any way shape or form whether it be feedback constructive criticism donations anything just hit us up here at falconrytold.com and thank you again so much Well, I hope you guys have been enjoying a lot of the stories so far that Jeff has shared with us. If you have and you want to hear more, well, the good news is is there's plenty more where that came from. So let's jump back into the second half of the episode and uh, hear some more insight and some more of Jeff's shenanigans. But yeah, so... Uh, you know, all that being said, it's, you know, there's, there's, uh, there, there's nothing wrong with, you know, flying a, a Harris or a perfectly good red tail or whatever, which I know that you, you also have, have been kind of, um, known for as well, you know, being, uh, you know, kind of like a big, uh, red tail, um, on squirrel guy and everything. And is that still kind of like your main, your main dig or your main, you oh, know, absolutely, man. I mean, that, that's yeah, still what I'm, I'm not getting away from that. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's like, uh, you know, it's just it's just such its own little niche of falconry. Mm-hmm. I mean, squirrel hawking's so different from everything else. You know, and I would love I would love to hawk squirrels of a number bird. I mean, I'd love to to fly a goshawk, but honestly, I mean, 
I don't really love taking care of birds, you know? <laughs> and I mean, like, a red tail's just an easy, a pretty easy keeper, you know? Yeah, yeah, once you get a man down yeah, and trained and everything. You know, and, you just... and I'm, I'm busy and whatever, and mm-hmm. I, I like to hunt. I don't really like to train birds. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to hunt. I'm more of a hunter than I am a falconer, for sure. Well, and, and if you get a good red tail, um, you, you can you can have one for good four or five, you know, interview them for, you right. know, or keep them from, through the molt from season to season for a good, uh, you know, four or five seasons before mm-hmm. they kind of start doing, wanting to really focus on that whole, you know, breeding thing. Right. And, you know, they become a little bit of a headache to deal with because right. they're always looking for a, a mate, you know, when you're yeah. out hunting and yeah. stuff. But, but, um, there's a lot of guys that are like that. And I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, man. You know it's, I mean? it's good fun and it's good falconry, man. You know, you have a lot of fun hawking squirrels and I used to just keep them for two seasons, mm-hmm. you know, max. Right. Um, I mean, I did enjoy getting new birds. I really like flying a, a juvenile bird, you know? Um, but now that I hunt with a dog, sometimes, now, you know, I get a bird that's working really well with my dog. And I'm tempted to keep it for another season or two, right? Just because it's already shown those qualities, it doesn't. You don't have to worry about you know that that lottery that exactly. you're rolling the dice on what the next bird's going to be like. Exactly. You know, it's going right. to absolutely hate it, or mm-hmm. you know, sit there and want to tag it constantly through hunt or whatever. And yep. And I can get hunting early in the season. You know, I've already got a bird that's ready to go, and that lets me get my dog out early too. Mm-hmm. So just yeah. more time in the woods with the dog and the bird. No, I'm uh, I'm sure. Oh, and so how like uh, I mean, do you do you have a red tail currently right now, or did I you? Do, yeah. Did you release? The... No, no, I currently have one. I pretty much always have one. Right. And yeah. how many seasons have you had this one? Was it a passage last year, or was um, it? Um, I've got, well, I've got two right now. Oh, okay. And yeah, one was a passage last year, and one is uh, will be its third season. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Are you one of those guys that kind of likes to keep? two and just in case something happens yeah to one, I, I always have two yeah i always have two <laughs> just, man and i've got no, i've got an apprentice so he's not my apprentice anymore but uh he was my apprentice he lives right down the road from me and he keeps one too so we're kind of like uh we make jokes about it we have three birds between the two of us it's kind of like my two dads you know <laughs> it's like we just if i'm not home or whatever he'll hunt my birds mm-hmm. you know we're, we hunt together just about every day he's kind of like a self-employed guy too it doesn't jack of all trades and right his schedule is pretty open during the season we hunt pretty much every single day of the season so well i mean it's it's hard to beat that yeah you know? i mean it, it's yeah. uh you know there's there's been a couple seasons i've had i mean i haven't been doing this super long myself i mean i'm uh i'm in your what like four or five now technically kind of including my my pre-apprentice year or whatever also but uh so i think this is actually my, my fourth year of actual um, you know, being licensed and everything, right. flying birds. And, and there, there I, I know like that first year, it was about the same way. I mean, my first red tail, um, you know, male red tail that I had, I was hunting him almost, almost every day or every other day at least. And, uh, and then there's been a couple off years where I've had that, you know, whether it be bad luck or whatever, it's just like, you know, I mean, it's sometimes it's just, fate or or whatever the 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 falconry gods decide to, <laughs> right. to bestow upon you sometimes you just don't uh don't really have a choice in the matter so i mean it's cool that you've got somebody that's like right next to you that can do that i, mean, I was fortunate that my sponsor was like he lives about 10 15 minutes away from me also so 
Um, but whenever I started flying birds that he didn't really have much experience with, and I, you know, if I went out of town or something, it kind of started becoming a little bit more of a challenge to find guys right. that were like, <laughs> they would watch my birds while I was gone, <laughs> right. you know, but, but, um, so, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, did you, did you do cottontails or, or anything else really much with your, with your red tails initially, or did you just primarily always do squirrels? Man, uh, pretty much primarily squirrels. I mean, speaking of like, you know, sponsors that are like, you know, right down the road from you. When I started, I had a paper sponsor. Oh, okay. I met my sponsor, I think three times. Ugh. It never went on it, never hunted. Uh and you know, so I was like really starting out on my own. Yeah. Uh, I started in Alabama, over in West Alabama, and there just there really wasn't anybody there doing it. So that's where you're from originally. That's where I'm from originally, Alabama. You know, and, and there was like a little, there was like a, a group of falconers in Alabama on the other side of Alabama. I think they uh, mostly associated with the Georgia oh, okay. falconers as well. Gotcha. Um, it's kind of like us with a lot of the Kentucky guys because where we're at in southern Indiana, I mean, we're literally 10, 15 minutes from Kentucky across the river. Right. So, I mean, kind of the same yeah. kind of the same deal. Yeah, and I was just over in no man's land. And, uh, I mean, the first 10 years of my falconry, I mean, I'd, I'd only seen one other falconer hunt. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, and that was like year, it was like year three. I thought at the time I thought like, well, you do red tails on squirrels until you become a general and then you can have a Harris hawk and mm-hmm. that's what everybody gets. <laughs> and I'm like, well, if I'm going to do that, I need to see like how these things hunt and fly and whatever. So of course I found the Coulsons uh-huh. yeah. and, uh, and I went to their place and went hunting yeah. with them. They're so cool. And man, uh, they're awesome, man. Yeah. They're so, they're so cool. And, uh, yeah. of course I was blown away by what they were doing. I mean, I'd never seen anything like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got two Harris Hawks, and uh, I did, man, for, like, that next season. I just uh, busted my tail flushing rabbits for mm-hmm. these things, man. And uh, it's just really hard where I live to to really, you know, have a lot of— uh, It's a lot of work. Man, it's a lot of work. It's a lot it's of so work. so much work, you know, and I was doing it any way I could. I was started on foot, then I went to horseback, and then uh, I went to just riding on, a like, a Polaris Ranger— with the birds on a tea perch <laughs> on the top of it. And I was just like, I'm just plowing through these fields, man. So you're like, you're driving through there like Mad Max style. Oh, yeah. With like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this is so much better than like walking through this stuff, man. I just oh, drive through it. So, yeah. But, uh, you can only imagine. So, you're, I'm, I'm just, I'm sorry. I can't get past this visual right now where, where you're just plowing through this briar, this other, this, this, this brush and stuff on a <laughs> Oh just yeah, man! The tea perch is sticking off the top of it, and the hawks are, you know. And I'm just driving along, and I'm like there we go, and they go and wing over, you know. And it turned into a thing where like my buddies are riding with me, and they're plowing through these fields. Uh, but, I guess uh, it's better than. Uh, well, it, it sounds more entertaining anyway than uh, <laughs> than than just having to be that 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 poor soul that that doesn't know what he's getting into and shows up in tennis shoes and jeans and and he's and you know no stick and stuff, and you're like. All right, bud. So um, you want to you want to learn how to do this, or you want to check it out? Well, um, you see all that briar over there? <laughs> yeah, I know you're in a, jeans and a t-shirt, but just go ahead and just wade through that for me. You know, uh, and you know, th- this is just, this is this is your this is your crash course. You know? <laughs> so, it yeah. so, it, that sounds uh, the the, the four wheeler version sounds more entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds yeah, a little yeah, bit man, easier I, on I, the, You know, I'm. I'm I adapt it, man. You know, it's like I'm find the easiest way to do this. I told you, man, I'm pretty lazy. But uh, but yeah, it just, that was my only season without a red tail. And then you know, I kept those Harris Hawks, and I kind of like you know, 
you know, I was like, well, I'm just going to see how I do on squirrels, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that flew on squirrels a little bit. Um, what was it? Was it a, a male and a female or was it, was, it two it males? It was two males. Two males? Yeah, it was two males. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I mean, I flew those two males. Um, I had fun with them, man. You know, I still went out and hawked rabbits uh, since I found the easy way to do it, you know, mm-hmm. like how big, were, how, how big were they out of curiosity? Uh, those males were both like mid 600s. Okay. Yeah, they both flew around 650 or so. So roughly around like low 20 ounces then. Oh, man. Like that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you say so. It's, it's, it's so funny. I, I always like, yeah, if I, you say so. I've, I've really tried over the years um, to to kind of record my weights in both just so I can kind of in my mind. I mean, it's easy to remember that like, you know, um, an ounce is like 27 or 28 grams or whatever. Right. But like, you know, sometimes you can you can see roughly like a, a, a gram range and know that, okay, that's roughly about whatever. And um, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just, just a side note, but it's, it's, it's funny. I mean, still, still to the, I'm, I'm the same way. Sometimes I just have to break the calculator out and like falconry yeah. bilingual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, it's so funny. Sometimes you, and it's the same way with guys with ounces too. You know, you're literally like, yeah, you know, it's like, well, my bird's 750 grams and they're just like cricket, cricket. Yeah. Cricket, cricket. Yeah. <laughs> It's like so. So, what is that in real in real numbers being ounces? You know, and the same kind of thing. Whatever. So. It is funny. It's like a little regional. It's like little pockets too. Yeah, it just like depends on like what the local club or whatever it is doing. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Well, and obviously a large part of it too is you know that whole sponsored apprentice relationship too. Obviously, mm-hmm. if your sponsor only weighs in ounces, well, you're or grams, and you're gonna yeah. that's how you're gonna compute it in your head. You know. So. Yep. But yeah, so so two male Harris's and had a lot of fun with those on four wheelers and and so then after what then what what came after that? Then? Oh man, right back to red tails. Right to- <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, I just, I just I love it. I mean, you know, I like being in the woods. I like hunting in the woods. It's way easier to walk. <laughs> it is, you know. It, yeah, I I can understand that. Unless, unless it's like, you know, like, like Wyoming woods where it's just like deadfall constantly from right. all cut down trees and everything. But right. it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I've gotten, even, I've gotten super picky now. Like I don't go where it's like they select cut anything. It's like, oh, those hills are too steep and I fly, find like nice flat ground, you know? Mm. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I like the squirrel hunt, man. It's so dimensional. I mean, like all the flights are it's such a variety of flights, you know, you can chase the same squirrel for an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a chess game. And sometimes it gets kind of boring. They're just in those little standoffs where they kind of both seem to be just taking a break. Right. You know? Right. And, you know, the, the, he he's not moving. The red tail's not moving. Right. Just kind of, they're having that, like, that, that classic, you know, uh, Western standoff. Exactly. You know, <laughs> like exactly. Who's going to draw first kind of thing. So, you know, you got to kind of try to find ways to, to move the action along. But, uh, but, yeah, I like it. I mean, the hunter involvement. In squirrel hunting is a lot of fun. I mean, it's like one of the only kinds of falconry where, you know, your job really just begins after a flush. Because mm-hmm. I mean, everything else is about flushing game. Like, you flush, and then it's whatever happens, happens. Right, yeah. But with squirrel hunt, like, you know, once the chase starts, now that's when you can become active and you can become a factor in the outcome. So, yeah, it's kind of one of the things I enjoy about it. Cool. Yeah, no, I'm... I've always been primarily a cottontail guy. Um, you know, most of the guys that I hunt with, um, you know, like when, when I was learning and everything, I mean, not, not to say that I wouldn't ever want to try it. I mean, there's plenty of squirrels around where I'm, where I'm at and stuff. Most right. of them, unfortunately, are, uh, and we have a lot of gray squirrels too, but predominantly, you know, the ones that yeah, are most fox notable squirrels. are fox squirrels yeah. and the ones that can, yep. you know, 
you know, you, I'm sure you've heard it all. It's like, how do you keep how do you keep those squirrels from from biting your your red tail's yeah, feet off? You don't. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it is, if it happens, it happens. Yeah, yeah, I mean, stuff happens. But yeah, you know, really, really bad bites are pretty rare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've heard that, and yeah. and uh, I, I'm sure you're probably one of those guys that doesn't use. You probably don't use the the chaps and stuff, right? I don't. Yeah, no, I don't use chaps. I mean, I just haven't found them to be really that successful. Mm. You know. Yeah. Do, do you find that, I mean, some guys swear that they, they hinder more than they help. You, you know, do you I, I don't know that? they do or not, man. I mean, it, you know, it only goes to, I mean, it's only common sense to think like, well, the more stuff you have on their foot, it's bound to stop a bite eventually. Uh-huh. So I'm sure they do stop some bites. You know, how how many they hinder and cause, I'm not real sure. You know, the biggest thing I've, the problem I've had with chaps is that everybody flies them with Jesses in. Because the chaps are like removable okay. type, and you have to have the jess in to hold the chap on. Okay. Well, the jess is what really hinders a bird. Yeah, I can. I mean, well, especially if, when they're landing in branches and trees and stuff. I can, I can totally and footing the squirrel. I mean, uh-huh. like they reposition on the squirrel, you know, mm-hmm. four or five times usually. Right. So like if they grab the squirrel by the by the tail end, and you know, and then step on the jest of the foot that's trying to move to the head. Right. Well, now you can't grab the head and the squirrel turns and bites. And that's Uh where your bites come from. And like, you know, so I think the chaps in a lot of, that's what causes a lot of the bites. That makes, that makes total sense. So, yeah, I mean, I just haven't seen like a huge, really any notable decrease in bites when flying chaps and I've flown them, you know, I've, I've used them quite a bit and it just doesn't seem to help. Right. So, are, are you more of a proponent then of the um, like the removable jesses, like either the bullet types or just the braided or what? Yeah, or, or do I, you just... I have braided, and I just yeah. I just pull my jesses before I fly. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not to say you couldn't do the same with with you know Almiris or or whatever. Right. Um, yeah. But but yeah. I mean, I found that the braided ones are a lot more easier to to um, pull out and you know get back in one handed and stuff. And yeah, I've not used the bullet ones. That's so the I thing. I, if I'm flying with no jesses, I mean the braided ones are so easy just to put in and out and like yeah, and, and to get a the jess in your bird quick if you yeah. need to. Well, at least and get that one in at least or, well, yeah, or whatever. Exactly. You know? yeah. Exactly. You know this thing with like the chaps too. I've just they seem to be out of position a lot. I take a lot of pictures. <laughs> so like when, your bird back and it's spun around the yeah <laughs> and you know when they're reaching for squirrels and when these bites happen their legs are extended and the chap is usually riding up their leg mm-hmm. and their whole foot's exposed anyway mm-hmm. and you know it, you know and of course people will say like oh look how chewed up my chap is but a lot of that's just because wear and tear and stuff well it's just so much it's sticking out there where the squirrel like the squirrel may not be been able to reach the bird's leg or foot but it could reach that chap mm-hmm you know, so like, yeah, I bit on that, but it doesn't mean it would have bit the bird. Right. You know, but you know, they are going to stop. A, I mean, you know, it's, it's a numbers game. I mean, they're going to stop a bite every now and then. Well, right. But I mean, this is, I, yeah. I totally understand what you're saying. It's like, but, but compared to the, um, the possible analytical, um, statistics involved of, you know, well, how many times did it mess with the bird or, or just right. not do anything at all? And I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of, um, you know, using other types of telemetry like GPS and stuff or whatever. But overall, I I like to to have the least amount of equipment on on the bird whenever it's flying as as I can. Also, yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, I, I mean, I, I can totally see where where that would <laughs> that would be more of a of hindrance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're dealing with it's another thing that's unique to squirrels. I mean, it's where I mean the footwork really has consequences. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, well, you yeah, know, if I mean, a rat, if your bird steps on its chest on a rabbit, and it, well, I mean, and the rabbit gets away, no big deal, right? No harm. Rabbit's done. not going to turn around and, and bite your bird's toe, right? Off. Right. Yeah. But when you're hawking squirrels, I mean, the, the footwork is is everything, you know. So there's real consequences to it. Mm-hmm. So it's more than just a squirrel getting away, and that's what people people are always like, oh, you know, the bird will come down with a bite, loses a squirrel, and they're like, uh, you know, but it bit them, and the bird turned it loose. It's like, well, that's not what happened. Yeah. You know, it, mm. it got bit because the bird didn't have enough control to hold on to it. Yeah. You know, I've never seen a red tail just turn something. They don't just turn things loose. No. No. I mean, <laughs> like, I've, I've, I've come up on my, on, on like, you know, the not just red tail, but pretty much any bird. I mean, I've, I've flown so far. I mean, I, there's been so many times where I've come up and, you know, like, well, <laughs> I mean, this, this, the prime example, I mean, like, um, the little uh, male Harris that I flew earlier um, this year that I was flying for a buddy of mine, um, you know, the first cottontail that he caught, um, he launched out of the tree or whatever. The rabbit knew just where to run. He was running straight for the fence, right? Yeah, like they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And so he that rabbit went right under the fence. The bird caught up to him right as he went underneath the fence. But the bird reached under the fence and was able to grab the rabbit by the back leg. Didn't have the talons sunk in or anything, but was gripping, I mean, just holding the rabbit by its back leg and would not let go. And so I was able to make it up there and, and reach under the fence and secure the rabbit, pull it back under and everything before. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a squirrel in a hole or rabbit under a fence or whatever. I mean, if they if they get a foot on it, they're if, if it's within their power, they're not going to let go. Yeah, no. Maybe they want to eat. Right, exactly. Yeah, it, it's, not a, it's not a game to them. Like, it's, you know, it's kind of entertainment to us, but, like, yeah. Yeah, they're hunting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just, we're, we're just those fortunate bystanders to get a check. Isn't it, out it and, funny how the bird always catches up to the rabbit or a squirrel right at the fence? Yeah, it's yeah. like some weird like it, it really force is. in the universe. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's funny that you meant that you mention it now. It's always yeah. through a fence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and um, well, and 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 not only that, but it's um. Unfortunately, most of those don't end up in that happy ending situation right, where right. most of it, most of the time, it's it's the rabbit or the squirrel, or whatever, makes it in the hole or under the fence just as the bird gets there and just enough time to be late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it, it exactly or slam into the into said you know tree or fence right. or whatever, and then you're just like, oh well, okay. Right. All right, well, let's get another one up. Yeah. <laughs> let's keep moving on. Next. So, But, I mean, so um, I know you have dogs and everything. Uh, when when did you decide to to start incorporating dogs into your hunts? And, um, you know, what what breeds did you use and have you stuck with and, and all that? Yeah, I'm pretty – I'm fairly new to the dog situation. Um, now, my buddies have been hunting with dogs. When I moved to Tennessee, that's when I first started really hunting with other falconers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had dogs and they were always on my case to get a dog, mm-hmm. you know, and cause we were flying my bird, my bird never flew around dogs and they didn't want to have to put their dogs up. Right. You know, so <laughs> they wanted me to have birds that flew with dogs. Right. Um, so yeah, it was a few years ago, like I guess about four years ago now, um, I started flying with a dog. Um, I used the, the Decker Terrier, um, good little dog for what I do, mm-hmm. you know, um, I like their size. They're easy to, to transport and right and get around. And uh, they work really close, and they have a great recall, and I don't have to worry about keeping up with it too much. Yeah. Uh, How are they in the house and at home? They're good. Uh, 
they like to chew. So yeah, they're pretty. I mean, I say the first two years they're kind of a handful. Yeah, yeah, they need something to do, or they need to be outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, Train, yeah. training sessions regularly, things yep. like that, and yeah. How are they? How are they shed? Are they big shedders? Or are they? I know. I, they, I know they have pretty short coats. Yeah, they have but, short hair. I don't yeah, really notice short. it. I, they do shed yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, it doesn't really bother me. Gotcha. You know, short hair. Um, but yeah, they're, and they're not like lap dogs. Man, they, you know, they kind of want to be close to you, but they don't really want right. to, like, be on you. Not my, not like my Vigilas that, right. that, you know, they, you know, would they, no matter what, 24-7, they got to be, <laughs> they really want to be, you know, within at least a couple feet of you, if not on you, half the time. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. got gotcha. you. Yeah, these dogs kind of, they like, they're kind of, like, too cool to hang out with you. you know? Right. Yeah. 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 And then it's just like you're you're more there for, for them instead of them being there for you. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, since you started incorporating one, though, I mean, um, has that really drastically improved your, your falconry experience with, with the squirrel hawking and everything? Or, I oh, mean, absolutely, it, man. Yeah, I mean, I enjoy my time out in the woods so much more mm-hmm. now. I mean, watching the, the bird and the dog work, you know. Would you be able to go back to not to hunting without one? Oh, it'd be tough. Yeah, it'd be <laughs> tough, man. I, I'm, I'm, I, think I'm a, I think I'm sold on the dog thing now. Really? Yeah, I think I'm hooked yeah. on that. I actually now it's like a lot of the times, a lot of days like the weather's a little rough or something. I'm like, man, maybe I'm not gonna go today. And you know, I look over at my dog and I'm mm. like, eh, dog yeah. needs to go, man. Yeah. <laughs> He's you to run yeah. this dog. It's so. totally not for me. It's for the <laughs> yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's kind of some motivation sometimes to get out there when you when you're not quite feeling like it. But uh, and it's increased my you know my take. I mean, they've been a, a nice asset, you know, for keeping pressure on a squirrel when i can't right you know when i'm laying on the ground and bleeding from tripping over <laughs> a log yeah, or that whatever stump that you didn't see or whatever <laughs> right yeah <laughs> so i mean how many how many does a dog catch uh this my current dog hasn't called a ton she uh she's called maybe eh, maybe like four or five four or five you know, the dog before her it was like if it hit the ground man it was the dog was pretty much on it yeah uh, which i like this dog better because of that a, a lot of uh a lot of what she does i think is I, I she doesn't seem as um she seems more careful about how she grabs squirrels because she's been chewed up yeah. a few times so yeah, she's a little more sense. careful with them on the yeah. ground and it gives the hawk a little more time to get them mm-hmm. and i i like that yeah you know i don't want the dog to catch everything right you know well, i mean, I mean it's, you know, it's like whatever like, i don't yeah. care if it does but like you know i like the fact that she like hesitates a little bit or backs or you know backs off a little bit and lets the hawk do it i was gonna say well i mean has the hawk ever taught the oh yeah, yeah i'm sure the hawks taught the dog a few lessons to you like yeah. you know you're you're catching that but it's still not yours it's mine. yeah for sure i mean that's the <laughs> that's the problem the dog does catch it and the hawk comes and tries to take it out of her mouth right so i think that this. i think this dog has has keyed in on that a little right. better than the last dog it's like you know so I, I still might get just a little taste of that squirrel if i just back off and let the bird have it real quick and and dad will go ahead and just give me a little piece that's afterwards. exactly right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I cut a little. I cut a little piece off of it. Throw to the dog yeah. after the kill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, cool, man. No, I'm. Um, yeah, no, I um, I really want to try and um, and make it down. I know you guys have that that annual squirrel meet yes. and stuff each year and everything. That's and, right. and I always talk to Scott, you know, about he always tries to get me down to, to come and, and hang out and stuff. And every year it seems like there's always been something going on that weekend. But I'd love to make it down 
for at least uh, one of those days. Yeah, know, absolutely, man. Cool to, it would be cool to do this again, um, kind of in that environment and stuff too, and just kind of rehash, you know, kind of how the how the hunts have gone and everything. Yeah, and, for you know, sure. Different stories and stuff. But um, real quick, I mean, we're we're kind of uh, we're kind of almost out of time and everything. But you want to end on your uh, your favorite squirrel uh, hunt story that you have in mind? And I know <laughs> you probably have a, have a lot, but what's one of your more uh, your oh, favorite squirrel hunt stories? See, I do have a lot. Let me see. Well. Uh, there's I always enjoy the ones where like, you know, I get hurt. So, so it's the <laughs> okay. ones that most people enjoy the most. All uh, right. <laughs> but I will tell you, uh, one, uh, it's pretty cool with the, with the, uh, had my bird out. It's, it's like, we had not taken a squirrel yet with this bird. Um, I was hunting alone and, uh, and this one, I know a lot of my buddies know about, but, uh, we were chasing a squirrel and the, and the birds, you know, really engaged in the hunt and I'm psyched up and I just know he's going to catch this squirrel and squirrel runs over and jumps into a cedar tree. And so I'm over there and I run around, I grab the cedar tree and I'm shaking it and screaming and game calling and, you know, waiting on the bird to come in. It's just like perfect setup. And this little shard of the like cedar tree fell and went right down my throat <laughs> it was like a little splinter, oh. and it went down in my throat and got hung in my throat. Oh. I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to start coughing like right now. Oh man! So like, well, well, I'm like, I'm choking <laughs> on it at first, you know, and I'm like, oh god, you know, I'm choking on this thing, and I, <laughs> then it kind of like moves and gets embedded, and it's just causing me to like nonstop gag. Um, yeah, I'm sure. So and and so now I'm like laying on the ground. And like I can hear bells like off in the distance, and like I don't know what's going on with the bird. At that point, you're just like, I don't care if it gets man, it or not. I don't, <laughs> I don't care. And so I'm like, if I move my head like just the wrong, just the wrong way, it chokes me. Mm-hmm. So I'm like holding my head like at a certain angle, and I'm like dra- like tossing my lure over on the ground, you know, just trying to get my bird back. And I do, I get the bird back. And anyway, man, I end up in the having to go to the emergency room, and they have to do surgery to remove this. Piece of thing. It's like <laughs> this whole ordeal. Wow. And trying to explain to them what happened in the hospital. It's like, yeah, well, you know, the whole I, thing. Having worked in healthcare for, you know, almost 15, well, let's see here. Let's see. I'm going on almost 13, 14 years now. I, I can tell you some interesting things that have come through the ER and stuff too. So I, I can only I can only imagine. But uh, that's that's crazy, man. Well, we'll have to do this again sometime soon. And and I really appreciate you taking the time, you know, today and and uh, you know dragging me out here to the old uh, the skydiving yeah, airport and hanging zone. out. Yeah, yeah. No, right. that's cool, man. No, we'll uh, we'll do this again soon though. And and thanks for sharing and. Uh, yeah, so it is. Um, in case anybody you know hears this around this area and stuff, what's the the name of your uh, abatement company and and how do they get a hold of you? Uh, it's Raptor Abatement, and you can call me two zero five four nine six eight one three zero. Sweet. All right, bud. Well, thanks again for uh, for the time, and uh, yeah, we'll do this again soon, man. It's, awesome, it's man. Been fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. All right, talk soon, buddy. <laughs> All right, bye. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed Jeff's stories and experiences that he shared with us this week, and he assures me that there's plenty more where that came from, so I'm sure we'll be having Jeff back on again in the near future. We both had a great time recording this podcast for you all this week, and thanks again to him, and of course, the rest of the 
of the Falconers that agree to come on and, and share their stories and experiences with, with us and the rest of the Falconry community. It's it's always refreshing to find new people to talk to and uh, and that are willing to, to share those with us all. So thanks again, and we really hope that uh, you will continue to tune back in with us each week at falconrytold.com, and we will talk to you all soon. Appreciate it. Thanks.